0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Over the past two weeks, the scripture readings for us have been hard. Last week, we learned about fraternal correction and how it's necessary for us to practice it, especially for those individuals that are walking down the wrong path for the good of that individual, but also for the good of the church. This week, we learn about anger as well as forgiveness. Now, ironic enough, just a few days ago, we observed the 19th anniversary of 9-11, in which our nation was attacked, attacked by evil. Thousands of innocent lives were lost. Thousands of families were affected forever. Forget? Never. We cannot forget those images that are ingrained in our minds. The images of the twin towers crumbling down. The image of the crash site of Flight 93. The Pentagon burning. Forget? Absolutely not. Forgive? Yeah, eventually we have to. The scripture readings, again, ironic enough, teach us about just that, forgiveness. Turn to the first reading. The passage today comes from Sirach, chapter 28. It addresses anger, vengeance, and forgiveness. Many of the things that we as a nation have confronted over the past several years since the attack on 9-11. Now, it's interesting how central these things were to Jesus' preaching and teaching. Go through Jesus' teaching, especially the Sermon on the Mount. Notice how often Jesus refers to these issues of anger and forgiveness. We see this in the first reading from Sirach. Notice how the passage begins. Wrath and anger are hateful things, and yet the sinner hugs to them. Well, essentially it's dealing with holding on to those grudges and resentments despite the fact that they can be so destructive in our spiritual life. We hold on to them tight. And so, maybe you have been harmed or insulted over the past few months or years, and yet you still are not over it. Now, what I find interesting is how often we see this, especially in families. The very people that are closest to us are often the ones we hold grudges with the longest, and we hold those grudges ever so tightly. If this is true in the present or in our own personal level, how much more is it true at the geopolitical national level where you have countries hanging on to resentments and refusing to forgive other countries? Just like look at our own country. After the Civil War, it took decades and decades for our country to heal and forgive. Look at the Middle East. There always is conflict there. Take it to a a lower level. Look at the Israelites and the Palestinians. For decades, they had been in conflict with each other. You know, there's that great story of John Paul II towards the end of his papacy. He was visiting Greece. And at that point in his life, he was a very aged and infirmed man. And so here is this poor little old man making his way to visit Greece. Now, what is so amazing about his visit, it was met with a huge negative reaction. Now, the Greek people were asked, what's behind their resentment to this poor little old man? What's their problem? The Greek people said that in the year 1200, during the Crusades, the Catholic Crusaders sacked Constantinople on their way to the Holy Land. Now, I agree it was a terrible thing, but that happened 800 years ago. And yet the Greek people still hold on to that resentment very tightly. So then it begs the question, what is it about anger that we cling to it so tightly? Well, turn to Thomas Aquinas. I think he gives us the best answer. Aquinas says, anger is a passion for revenge that goes beyond the control of reason. That's perfect, isn't it? I'll say that again. Anger is a passion for revenge that goes beyond the control of reason. Now, there is such a thing as justified anger, which is the passion to set all things right. I'll give you some examples. Mother Teresa, she had an anger against poverty in this world. Therefore, she established her order to care for the poor and now do so in the name of justice. Look at Jesus. In the Bible, he's turning the tables over in the temple. See, that's justified anger. And yet, that's not what Thomas Aquinas is talking about. Rather, anger is a passion for revenge. If you hurt me, I'm going to get back at you. I'm going to hurt you, and I'm going to punish you. And so, again, it begs another question. How do we stop clinging to our resentment? Well, by practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness was at the center of Jesus' preaching. That's why in the gospel that we heard today, the question is posed to Jesus. How often should we forgive? Jesus' answer, 77 times, meaning we forgive again and again and again without any limits. And so we ask, well, what really is forgiveness? Well, take two people. Something happened between them and now they're alienated from each other. Well, in the name of justice, Both make an effort to come forward in the same distance, meeting in the middle. Thereby, both would be reconciled by that equal move to the center. Well, that's the reestablishment of justice. Both persons do their part to reconcile. But that's not forgiveness. Well, what is forgiveness? Well, I do my part, but you don't do your part. You don't budge. I try to make my way to the center to reconcile with you, but you do not move. And so what will I do? I will bear your burden. I will go the extra mile. I will go to the center and then go past it in order to reconcile with you. Essentially, I will do what you should have done. See, that's forgiveness. Is it always easy? No, it's not. Now, what I can say to to myself is I made the effort and you didn't move. Now, what's the temptation here? I can easily say, well, I'm not going to take another step in your direction to reconcile unless you make an effort towards me. See, that's not forgiveness. That's me hugging on to my own resentment. But instead, we go that extra mile. You know, we do what the other person should have done. See, that's forgiveness. Now, notice both Sirach and Jesus, they tie very closely our forgiveness of others to God's forgiveness of us. Notice what Sirach says in the first reading Forgive your neighbor's injustice, and then when you pray, your sins will be forgiven. Jesus, he teaches us the Lord's Prayer. Every time we pray the Our Father, we pray, Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, why do we forgive 77 times? Because we have been forgiven that way by God. How often has God forgiven us? Constantly? Without limit? Just look at the stories in the Bible. The story of the prodigal son. How does it end with the father running towards the son to forgive the son? Look at the story of the good shepherd. You know, finding that lost sheep, and when he finds that lost sheep, he rejoices. See, that's the way God forgives us. Therefore, the readings are telling us we must forgive in the same manner. Can it be difficult? Yes. It's not always going to be easy. Is Jesus calling us to spiritual mediocrity? No. He's calling us to spiritual heroism, and that's what forgiveness is all about. Paul said in Corinthians, It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Well, if that's true, if Christ truly lives in each and every one of us, and he does, and he forgives without limit, so too must we forgive without limit. Think about a resentment that you may be holding on to. Somebody who hurt you. You've been holding on to that resentment, and think about how self-destructive that has been. How it sapped you of your spiritual strength. It has eaten away at your own heart. Well, listen to the words of Sirach. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Now, in the last couple minutes of this homily, I want to offer some practical advice on how to practice forgiveness. First and foremost, pray for that person that has hurt you. If you can pray for that person with all sincerity, and not just once, but every day, you're praying for that person, well, in that act of charity, you are now on the road to forgiving that person. Why? Because prayer gradually, over time, it washes away the hurt. It washes away the resentment and the anger to the point that you are now able to forgive that person. Another way to practice forgiveness, stay away from gossip, just leads to trouble. It's spiritual poison. It accomplishes nothing good. Spiritually speaking, it's deadly. It feeds resentment. Thomas Aquinas said, gossiping is a sin against the fifth commandment. You shall not kill. Because when you gossip, essentially, you kill the good name of that person. Well, if you're being tempted to participate in gossip, to join in with another person or maybe a group of people, here's a quick way to stop that gossip right away. By answering or asking this simple question. Say you get involved in a group conversation, they start gossiping, and they begin to talk about a specific person. Well, the question you can ask them is, what can we do to help that person? A simple question. Trust me, that will end the gossiping right away. What can I do to help this person? More to it, by asking that simple question, okay, what can we do to help this person? It turns gossiping, which is a sin upside down, now into a virtue, which is an act of charity. Another way that you can practice forgiveness. Well, if you've been hurt, forgive quickly. The danger is to allow resentment to fester. Cling to it. Well, don't wait. Forgive quickly. If anything, for the good of your own spiritual health. What's the greatest sign of forgiveness? Jesus Christ on the cross. Here Jesus is on the cross. Does he practice anger or resentment? No. He prays to the Father and he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Here you have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, innocent, nailed to a cross by wicked and evil people. And those words come from his mouth. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Look at after the resurrection. The first time Jesus appears to his apostles, the apostles who have abandoned and betrayed Jesus at his greatest need, his greatest hour, the first word out of his mouth, shalom, peace, I forgive you. Friends, we need to listen and to follow the words of Sirach and Jesus. Are they easy? No. But again, Both Sirach and Jesus are calling us to spiritual heroism, to practice forgiveness. We have to let go. Let go and walk the path of forgiveness. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.